I would be so honored to be the orgy organizer, originizer. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take that on. I will I will invite every porn star I know. Yeah, and like, where should we have it? It would be a good spot. Well, since it's I a- keep trying to get you to come to Atlanta, you can come to Atlanta. We ha- we don't have Ooh. like the mandates and stuff like that. So okay, <laughs> Atlanta it is. All right, welcome back to the channel today, everybody. Um, my guest today is comedian and host of Compounds Media's uh, The Wet Spot um, and YouTuber, Chrissy Mayer. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, thanks for, thanks for joining. Um, it's interesting because we almost did this last year, like when I was just a very baby and only had like 50 followers, right? Um, Frank got a hold of me and I was like, I'd love to, but then it just never happened. I think right now, we're in a position and there's a lot of, to talk about that we can really engage in. I'm glad we waited because it's going to be a much better discussion. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's a good time to be a YouTuber now or, or, or anybody on a screen. I mean, there's, yeah, every day there's, there's something to talk about. So uh, the first thing I, I like to always ask people that are not traditionally into politics is, is how did you get into politics and have you always been more you know, conservative leaning or where do you see yourself in terms of your political ideation, ideology? I think like if, if I were to not at all be a comedian, I think I would be considered really in the middle, like where I think a lot of people are right now. There's a lot of people who feel like politically homeless, who feel like they don't really find themselves on the left or on the right. But I think because I am a comedian and the default setting for comics is to be very left-leaning, almost like radically so, uh, since I'm not that and I've sort of publicly moved away from that, I'm seen as this like extreme alt-right, all the names, all the ists. Um, So I I think I'm seen as more political, even though if if you were to take me out of the context of the comedy industry, I would be kind of seen like, you know, if you were to sit me down and ask me like where I stand on every issue, I would probably fall more like a classic liberal. You know, I'm like, I, you know, I did a show it's, but what I've noticed, which is, which is funny. Like when I started out in comedy, I was very much a feminist, um, very left-leaning registered Democrat, always, uh, you know, voted left, just never, never felt engaged in politics, never felt like it appealed to me. Um, and then I started doing a show at the Stonewall Inn for six years and had the time of my life. Like, again, I've, I've been the same person, like this whole time. I think what makes me laugh is the same did that for six years, like put like blood, sweat and tears into that show. Uh, always was into like promoting my LGBT friends was constantly searching for up and coming LGBT talent. I would have like killers come in from the cellar just to make it as best of a show as I could spent spent my own money on advertising, like bent over backwards with a, with like a man, the manager of the place was not a comedy fan. And I'd have to deal with like last minute cancellations and moving. And and I would understand that because it wasn't a comedy venue, like there, the Stonewall Inn, like, as you know, it's this epic legendary uh, New York and national landmark. So I'd be like, okay. But after a while, it would kind of grow tiresome. And I noticed uh, it was in the period of like, maybe like a year, like I left the show at the Stonewall. And, and, and that was a hard decision too, because I, that was such a big part of my identity. And I felt like it was such a good show. And I, I loved giving people uh, comics and the crowd a good experience. But when I shifted to like, then doing a show on compound media, again, like I'm the same person. I laugh at the same things. My show on compound media, it's called the what spot. Like it's a sex dating <laughs> relationship, uh, like panel advice show where I have porn stars and comedians on like the same person did like, that <laughs> sounds like the same person would do both. But if you didn't know what compound media was, you'd be like, Oh, this sounds like the same person. But because compound media has I guess I think unfairly this reputation of being like this extreme, like right wing uh, network. Um, Anthony well, Cumia, it's a free the free speech network, right? Yeah, yeah, the free speech network. Uh, and even after a while, they had to remove that part of the uh, the title. Like they, like in the last couple of years, they were taking away the free speech network because even the term free speech had begun to gain a negative connotation, which is fucking crazy. <laughs> um, and I think the founder, Anthony Cumia, his politics were more right. And, and, you know, 
Gavin McGinnis had a show on on Compound Media, and people are love to misunderstand Gavin and and paint him with all the ists as well. He's actually a super funny guy. Um, but Compound Media is really more of a comedy network. But again, like I'm the same person when I was hosting a show at Stonewall, but when I got the show at Compound, everything changed. And like from a comedy perspective, I was people were getting angry with me, like uh, you know, acquaintances, not not actual friends. Like, and and I have mm-hmm. learned through this, like, yeah, I've lost friends, but looking back, like they weren't friends because a real friend would text you and be like, Oh, hey, like what's going on? Maybe I see you as more, whatever they're thinking. Like, Oh, are you, are you more on the right now? Are you, what's going on with compound media or like, yeah. Oh, what's you were January 6th. What's that about? So, yeah. but none of these people reached out, but instead what they did was like publicly or over Twitter, like talk shit, tag me or not. And it's this thing where it's like, it's not about me. It's about them. It's like, how can all these like, like lefty liberal comics kind of like shit on me together. They can notice each other. Um, and I always refer back to this um, John, I think John Ronson was his name. He he wrote this book. So you've been publicly shamed. And like the first time this sort of happened to me, my friend Corinne Fisher was like, you have to read this book. And I'm so glad I did because it put it all into perspective that anytime you're publicly shamed, it's really not about you. It's about like everybody else that kind of like, let's say it's me or whoever, like anyone who's who's in the hot seat, who's like being shit on it sort of publicly um within within a scene a small scene of comedy or music or you know comic books or whatever or just sort of like nationally like Chrissy Teigen whatever a lot of times <laughs> like when someone's in the spotlight of being shit on like oh great it's it's everyone's chance to jump in so that they can kind of elevate themselves in a way that is kind of part of it so once I realized like oh this isn't about me this is kind of about everybody else and uh these people don't actually know me they're not friends but I was amazed at like how how many people came out of the woodwork like oh I used to do improv with Chrissy 10 years ago she's really changed or like oh I was no I I make the joke like I was behind Chrissy in line at a bodega in 2009 boy is she different you know it's these people who never (laughs) truly knew you and the people that truly did know me know I'm the same person I laugh at the same stuff I love the same people I um I never changed the way how I felt about like LGBT community I just was like oh I pitched a show um and these guys picked me up and I'm being supported my work is being supported here the I'm I'm making more of an impact on with fans and gaining following here so yeah like go where you're loved right that's what they always say um yeah so I felt like uh, the, the ground underneath me kind of shifted as like as the left became more radical left and what, what was considered like normal left is now the center or even the right. Um, and yeah. I've noticed too, like if I was kind of um, like I was outspoken about voting for Trump, right? But yet folks who are outspoken about voting for Biden or even voting for Obama, like you're not seen as political as if you're an outspoken Trump voter, which is which is kind of interesting. And you think like, well, why is. is that? You know, because well, it's look because at where the, the default left, is. Yeah. Yeah, the left typically looks at it like, well, you might vote for somebody like Biden because it's the lesser of two evils, right? Whereas if you vote for Trump, that's just straight evil. And they don't realize that kind of voting for both of them might be evil. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they might both be um, terrible options. Yeah, they, yeah, they, you could definitely make an argument that tr- Trump was part of the establishment and didn't do all the things he said he was going to do. And like, wasn't this like hero that many people think he is and you could also argue that he didn't start new wars that he did a ton for the for the black community they, that he did a ton for the lgbt community so yeah at the end of the day yeah. <laughs> i feel like any establishment like kind of politician uh is kind of full of shit but trump like put himself out there as not the establishment and really kind of representing the people which this country hadn't had in a really long time yeah, absolutely. I mean, I am 100%. I'm a, I always can say I'm, I'm a former conservative, moved libertarian. So I'm, I kind of went through the stages of conservative to classic liberal, constitutionalist to now minarchist, which means the government shouldn't even be there except for, you know, a military that's only to defend our borders type thing. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, though, you know, when the Overton window shifts, that's what you're seeing right now. That's why there's so many people that are like you that are more center or center left that are like, 
politically homeless and they don't know where to go because they don't necessarily want, you know, anarchy, um, like, you know, a lot of libertarians do, and they don't necessarily want, you know, classic conservatism, but the left has moved so far left that they can't stay over there either. So where do you go? Um, and I guess we can kind of move that into what's going on with people like Brandy Love and everything like that. Cause you had her on your channel. Um, what last week after everything happened? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, right. It was the Monday after <laughs> all that happened during the weekend. And like, I feel like I didn't fully answer your question about like how, cause I was just thinking like, yeah. once once there was like an assault on free speech that that's what politically activated me that's where I like saw myself yeah. in politics where I never had before I, I was never like into history or government or like policy but I just was like oh shit like if free speech is is in danger then none of us can do what we love to do and and exactly living. I was thinking when you were talking about that I'm like how can comedians be like on the left nowadays and be free speech advocates because they're advocating for their own demise essentially and they don't see it that way because like the culture supports um everything they're they're saying or parroting from the mainstream media it's like they're they haven't yeah they were dealing with like our team our side lost with trump but again it was fully supported the the resistance i mean how many times a day were we hearing that uh, it was like cool and socially acceptable to uh, to disrespect the president on a daily basis. Uh, then not my president, all of it. Um, but yet, if you say that now, you're you're an extremist. You're a domestic terrorist. So it's yeah. it's very frustrating that there's different rules for different people. Yeah, and I it's interesting to watch. Um, and it's good. It's 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 good to see more people like you coming out more you know, liberty-minded and everything like that. Austin Peterson said at Freedom Fest last week, we need more comedians in the libertarian movement because comedy is a major weapon. Um, and I mean, you have Dave Smith, who's huge in the libertarian community right now and making a lot of waves. And it's absolutely true. Comedy can be a great weapon against the left. It's so true. And, and I always use this metaphor of like the Care Bear stare, just because like anybody born in like, I think the 80s or 90s can visualize it. And it it's like, right you don't just need a bunch of dave smiths it's like everybody has their different voice and their different color and like but we're all part of the same message and the same yeah. fighting for the same thing so like all of us together it's like uh if i'm the pink care bear maybe i like uh connect <laughs> with certain people and like you're the blue care bear and you connect with certain people but it's like and, that, and that's why when we bring it around to like uh brandy love it's like, really, we're going to nitpick this woman because of her profession. Is this really the biggest problem? Like, yes, you can totally argue that porn uh, is, is a problem among folks. Of course, you don't want it to get into young people's hands. Of course, if someone has a, addiction tendencies, they can totally ruin their life over it, just like with any vice. But we don't, yeah. you know, you're not going to let somebody in to the Turning Point USA who like, sells alcohol or i don't know like killed someone once or like used to work at a planned parenthood right like if you're gonna really take yeah. okay what are our conservative values and 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 based on their profession who are we not going to let in then where does it end yeah. and i just feel like they unfairly targeted her because it was an easy splashy public move and they could be like look at us we're now we fixed everything and it's like no, you haven't fixed anything you just kind of yeah. made yourselves look bad in a time when like you can you can be doing some inclusivity without doing it like how the how the left does it which is really like yeah. it's been overtaken uh by marxism it's not even really inclusivity yeah. anymore because there's no diversity of thought on the left yeah absolutely because i mean and that was an interesting time because this is kind of the convention season right and you just had cpac the week before it was ironic like i was on slightly offensive on Friday. Oh my God, then, really? I love Elijah. Yeah. Uh, so the um, right after it, we were talking to Caitlyn Jenner and how she was treated at CPAC. And then going into that weekend was the whole, you know, uh, Turning Point USA stuff where everything happened with Brandy. So it, it's really interesting because this is social conservatism versus um, American conservatism. And typically, the word conservatism, they want social conservatives look at it as a religious issue. We should be conserving the values that are pro propagated by the Bible. Whereas normal, like usually American conservatives, 
think that we should be conserving the small government principles as laid out in the Constitution. So there's this fight mm. about what the word conservative actually means. Um, so with the Caitlyn Jenner and Brandy Love issues, it's like they want to kind of eradicate anything that is or could be sinful in terms of the Bible. They want to they, they more or less want a theocracy instead of a democracy or a republic that we have. They want the Bible to be the ruling body. Yet they wow, had Donald Trump, who was yeah. an adulterer and the former first lady who did porn. So <laughs> right. was a was a like model. And I wonder if two conservatives were like, okay, is it easier to go after Brandy Love, uh, who is a porn star uh, and, and who doesn't have as much like mainstream acceptance in a sense because brandy will talk all about like I, my first interview with her was all about how like yeah the left doesn't like her because she supports the patriarchy and she mm -hmm. uh her job is to fulfill the male gaze right uh and, and then the right hates her because of the religious component and i wonder if the conservatives that were like right getting up in arms about brandy it's like well look at caitlin jenner she has so much mainstream support like if you're gonna go after her like that's gonna be a shit storm that you're probably not gonna win uh but whereas like well it's probably easier to go after brandy because she's like a sort of like a niche thing well they both got shit stormed that was the, that was the big thing about caitlin jenner she's running for you know governor of california but they didn't like kick her out of the event right right she just got yeah harassed and called a freak and stuff like that at the event so it was Ugh. it was again and then there's a religious purist kind of defending that type of behavior against her and and so it's really interesting um let me see i mean so so i have this meme though that says um in the middle ages at the end of a pandemic they always celebrated with an orgy <laughs> really? so we just don't let them at the orgy and and why are you the person to organize this orgy and when is it happening <laughs> <laughs> well you think i should organize the orgy well you're friends with all the porn stars and everybody love, else that would, would be involved honored. in an orgy i would be so honored <laughs> to be the orgy organizer originizer um yeah you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and take that on i will i will invite every porn star i know yeah and like where should we have it it would be a good spot well, since I keep trying to get you to come to Atlanta, you can come to Atlanta. We ha we don't have Ooh. like the mandates and stuff like that. So okay, <laughs> Atlanta it is. We'll do it in like a like a like a dome or something. Are there like <laughs> like a super dome or something like that? Well, we have Mercedes Benz Stadium, so I'm I'm Ooh. sure that would that would work. Okay. The last time I was in Atlanta, I was uh doing there was a Laughing Skull comedy festival that I was on. That was that might have been twenty. 13 or 2012 this was mm -hmm. a while ago yeah i know there's two of the places around here actually one in little five points and one over in midtown now okay cool. i know where that's at um but kind of going back so the whole and that's what my question was though and as a as a libertarian i think turning point usa can absolutely allow access to whoever they want but should they um i'm like and where is the line if somebody like brandy love's not allowed in is somebody like my friend ariel scarcella allowed in because she does only fans like where is the line mm. and, and 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 where do these like are they gonna take are they gonna really take this as far as it needs to go because as i said on slightly offensive the libertarian party would love to have all those votes just come on over we accept everybody mm -hmm. Right. It's like, the, I, I do understand the point too. I understand that they are allowed to let in or not let in who they want. I think from like an organizational perspective, like, yeah, you don't want somebody to have to like buy a ticket, show up, buy flights, buy a, like pay for a hotel only to get kicked out. Like that looks bad. Like that yeah. should be avoided at all costs. Like if you guys could get your shit together a little bit more and say up front, we don't allow porn stars, just have a list or whatever. Yeah. Check off boxes, make somebody <laughs> fill out a form or you have interns whose job it is to very closely screen and Google the names of every person who buys a ticket. That's, that seems kind of lame to me, but they're entitled to do that. And it's exactly what you said, like, where does it stop? Um, and, and right. Could a, could a lesser known only fans girl sneak in totally. They wouldn't know yeah. someone who's less high profile. Yeah. Like why didn't they look through the list of VIP holders 
and see right. how, I mean it's a pretty standout name if you if you really know what you're talking about but the other question is how do I mean if the people that were there don't watch porn how do they know who she was <laughs> exactly and so many people made that observation like oh these this group of people that hate porn that never watch porn they sure recognized her right away and it's it sucks and they're entitled to do what they want but i just really hated how brandy was painted she wasn't they made her sound like she was you know set up her own booth and was handing out cards and was like walking around in a bikini and trying to like you know I don't know, like traumatized kids. I have no idea. Yeah. She wasn't doing any of that. She was like pretty conservatively dressed. Like she's cute. She's wearing like a t-shirt dress and she just was like happy to be there because she like loves this country and wants to be a part of the cause. And uh, I just, yes, they're entitled to do that, but it just feels like a, a, a misstep in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And on the flip side, like I said, so the libertarian party, I was up in Michigan and they were having their LP conference when I was up there. And one of one of the guests said that he saw the most return on investment by placing ads on Pornhub and suggested it that the party do the same. <laughs> Wait, porn's for the Libertarian Party on Pornhub for real? Oh, I don't I don't know if he he was I don't know if he was actually buying ads for the Libertarian Party, but that's what he was suggesting. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's it would be interesting <laughs> to see like who comes over. Like he was getting more clicks than anybody, like any, like anywhere else he was advertising for. So it was just a really interesting concept. And it was very much entertained by the, by the party there, which is kind of how libertarians think, like, you know, whatever, just come on over. As long as you don't want the government in interfering in what you're doing, just come on over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it would be great. Like ad copy for libertarians. Like don't, any, don't want uh, anyone to know you were here. Neither do we like, <laughs> Like that's, clear, yeah, I mean, clear that's your true. search history or <laughs> the Libertarian Party. Yeah, it's so, interesting. Now, let's. You had mentioned that you were at January sixth. Um, how was that? What 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 all did you get? What all did you see when you were there? I guess. Well, that's. Um, I I got there maybe like the day before, the night before. Um, I had been to the the Trump rallies in November and December, and I started going because I I wanted I really had a a good sense that the mainstream media was not covering it truthfully, that they were downplaying how many people were there, that they were downplaying the the support, the amount of support that the president had, downplaying the amount of frustrated people who were trying to speak their minds, and I also wanted to do man on the street interviews. I had just started uh, my interview, well, my YouTube channel, really like. The, the the Chrissy Mayer podcast like January of 2020 and so I was also just like figuring out like okay what do I want to do with my channel like I think I want to do like more man on the street interviews I was like really inspired watching people like uh, Austin Fletcher he has Flecka's talks and Elijah Schaefer as well I just was like oh man this is like it doesn't get any more real than talking to people on the street so I wanted to do that and uh, so we were watching you know some speakers like the the night before and then like the, the morning of January 6th, they're like, okay, like 8 a.m. Everyone was gathering in like the, the ellipsis or like the president's circle, whatever it's called. And you listen to speakers and you like talk to people around you and it's fun to see the costumes and it's fun to see all kinds of people come out. And I was just like, I realized for the November and December events, I'm like, oh, there's no like toothless hillbillies here. Like the, the MAGA people, it could be anybody. They're literally, it literally could be anybody. Um, most diverse group ethnicity wise nationality wise like men women children families dogs i took a lot of pictures with dogs like in different <laughs> costumes like dogs with trump shirts and stuff and and like i've said on other like podcasts the, the people who were most excited to come up and talk to me were people who they themselves or their parents were from like a cuba or a venezuela or like you know soviet union or something who were like oh we can see where this country is headed and and we're not having it this is why we left these countries to get away to get away from like a socialist regime so they were very concerned and i just i started to realize like oh wow like my whole life i haven't had to fight for any of my rights and i don't know how good i've had it i've i've had it and i think that applies to a lot of us we just like took our, our freedoms for granted and how how good it is to live here and so I, I just really enjoyed talking to people 
And so again, like the morning of listen to speakers, it's, it was so cold outside. Trump was supposed to speak at 11. He didn't get up there until 12. And then by that point, the next marching point, the next place to be at was like Capitol 1 PM. Like we're all marching to the Capitol building. And it's like normal. Like that's, it's nothing he said. It's not like he was like charge every single time there's a rally like this, like you have planned points and t- set times, you know, yeah. uh, so it doesn't get boring. So people can like move around. And uh, so a lot of us started to leave like while Trump was still speaking just because it was freezing cold. And like, I know the girl that I was with, my friend Wrist Flex, she's like 90 pounds and she was like freezing to death. And I was like, okay, let's start walking. Let's get you a little sandwich. Um, So we left there and we start, you know, walking to the Capitol and it's just amazing. Like, again, like I love the costumes. I love to see how people dress up. There's like so many people on the street selling Trump merch um just people like having fun there was a guy in a skeleton costume that said i voted with a sign that i voted for biden nine times that's probably my favorite tons of chinese people there tons of chinese ladies out um spreading the word of the ccp and like i had been seeing this over the months and i was like i, I was just slowly starting to put it together i'm like why are these what, is, what does the ccp have to do and i was just like over the months putting it together but very outspoken about them and so we yeah get to the get to the capital um again there's just so many people i i people think there was like 1.5 million people there i would believe it there was just so ever just hordes of people everywhere everywhere you looked and so me and Riss, like we walked up we were like a pretty far away we were kind of by one of the fountains i think i think we were on uh, I don't know if we were on the south side or the north side of the building, but we were on whatever side was like not getting all this media coverage where there was like all the, like all the pictures and the videos that like, you know, went, all went viral. Like I got shit for saying this on the Megyn Kelly podcast, but like it was pretty chill from where I was. Um, just a lot of people hanging out and and then you see, OK, there's like there's crowds and, and some smoke bombs go off or whatever, if it's mace or something that they do for just crowd control. And uh, once we realized that that those like they weren't gunshots, they were just trying to like control the crowds, maybe like, you know, release some mace or something at people. And we're like, oh, all right. Again, we don't see any cops anywhere. Like there was no panic in the air. Just a lot of people. Some people um, next to me were listening on the radio to like whatever proceedings were going on inside the building, which I didn't like fully understand at the time. But looking back it's like oh they were like i think trying to uh they were doing something with like the election right and i don't know yeah they were voting they were yeah they were like voting on whether to certify the election yeah 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 should we look into it (laughs) yeah and um i just i think i remember thinking like oh god like uh that's interesting timing um that that's what they're doing right now and but again, like didn't fully understand it, but it's definitely this feeling of like, uh, you know, strangers crouched around a radio, a lot of like, just like strangers getting to know each other. And then me and Russ were like, oh, this is like, why not just like walk up closer to the building? Like everybody's doing it. There was no panic. There was no like anybody breaking it up. And again, there were like no, no fences to hop, nothing to like break through to get on. It was just like a wide open campus like any other uh i guess like government monument or anything that you can go up what right up to and you know visit um so we like walk right up to the building and yeah lots of people just standing all around people have their don't tread on me flags people have their american flags people have like you know whatever country they're from flags um and it's just like very exciting it's just there's just it was such a sight and you know you see people like climbing up the scaffolding because they have all this scaffolding because they're getting ready uh, for the inauguration and they just do this big flag drop over the side of the scaffolding and um we i was taking some photos from like a, a makeshift like temporary construction office like you know these like small trailers that are outside and so i saw a couple people like climbing up to just like get better shots like more more like independent media and i was like oh i bet i could do that you know um so i climbed up all by myself <laughs> I was like, the, I was like the only girl up there. And, um, and then like, once I was up there, I was like, Oh, it was like, a, it was a better view. You know, maybe you're like 10 feet or so higher and taking photos, taking videos again, like, and then you see other people trying to climb up. And one was this like very old lady. I'm like, Oh, she's going to fall. So I would like stop what I was doing and like, sort of like pulled her up. 
And then after a while, I was like, okay, I got down. And then people went inside the little like makeshift construction office to like chart. Again, it's freezing cold out. And so people, you know, you like, is this open? Because my friend wrist like had gone inside and you're like, oh, this is open. There's people in here. People are charging their phones, um, like getting warm. There was like hot cocoa. I was like, what? Like, this is the kind of like, when you go to one of these rallies, you kind of have to pack almost like you're camping or hiking or something like food and people you know have all their supplies and stuff like whatever you're gonna need to probably be out all day long so to find a place where you could charge your phone was like amazing I mean we weren't really getting very much reception at all uh to send out tweets because I remember I sent one out when we were kind of like on our way to the building and of course this got uh misconstrued by the people back home who didn't know what the fuck was going on or didn't want to know uh this this booker, this comedy booker out in Brooklyn retweeted it with, um, she said like, I don't know what LA comics are doing, but in New York, ours are storming the Capitol. And again, this is a person I'd worked with once. And it's, it's that same thing with like the, uh, so you've been publicly shamed. People are so happy to take credit or, or highlight your, uh, activities or the things you do to get, to gain credit. Obviously this was a grandstanding. This was like virtue signaling. It's like, everybody look at, look at, look how great I am. I'm pointing out like how horrible Chrissy is or, or whatever, <laughs> or like people are happy to purposely misunderstand you to elevate yeah. themselves. So that was obvious. That's, that's what she was trying to do. Uh, and then as the days went on, you're like, oh, oh, everybody's purposely misunderstanding what happened January 6th. Oh, wow. Oh, the mainstream media is purposely misunderstanding, like, why we were there. Uh, they're really just focusing on, like, this, the small bit of chaos. And um, so, yeah, we're charging our phones, we're drinking our chocolate, we're warming up. And the the guy, there was one man who who did work in construction who was who was around, who was saying like, oh yeah, like that's when we first heard like it's the, the inauguration was not going to be public. It was going to be like invite only to just a few yeah. people. And then that made us go, hmm, is that because nobody would show up if it was public? Because <laughs> people don't really support this guy. He, he wasn't really, he wasn't really a fair match here. So uh, I was like, that was interesting to learn. And then again, like, yeah, we just, I was watching people, maybe they were climbing the most like a badass thing I saw was watching people climb up the side of the wall. Uh, but then they would just sort of stay on the other side of the wall, like just sort of like, ah, like it just, it looked like a cool picture. Like when you see that picture of the person like climbing up the wall, it's like a beige colored wall that that's yeah. kind of like where I was standing, like where, what I was seeing for a split second, I was like, Ooh, just because I don't know. Cause I'm, I was like an adventurous kid or like sporty. I always love like physical, physical challenges. I was like watching people climb that and go like, Oh, I bet I could climb that part of me really wanted to just to like, see if I could do it. But then I didn't. Cause I was like, I was with my girlfriend and I didn't want to lose her. So I was she's like, like uh, 90 pounds. So you don't want, she's 90 pounds. She's gonna blow away. <laughs> she's tired. She's hungry. She's small. So I had to like, yeah, I had to watch her and and it just was like really cool. It was like a lot of just fun people watching and uh, people like singing the national anthem, people saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, I, I was not seeing anything crazy go on. Like again, like, yeah, people had climbed the wall, but I didn't at the time I can know that like people were like breaking in and like fucking shit up inside the building, you know? Yeah. I figured out oh, that it's like, it's open. People can walk in. I just had no idea until we were leaving at like four or five o'clock you know, all these other images are coming in. I'm like, how would anyone even know like where to go inside the building? How would, you know, you kind of have yeah. to like have an inside knowledge to, to even know where to like reach. So they had the Lego sets. They had the Lego sets. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Very suspect. And then as I would talk to my other friends who were kind of like independent journalist types, they would, you know, share what they saw, like what side of the building they were on. And yeah. Uh, one guy was telling me like he was in a watching a crowd of people and somebody passed up a sledgehammer and then when it got to the top somebody was like or the front somebody like was like what the fuck and then handed it to a cop like the the more people I talked to the more they had lots of examples of of Trump supporters trying to stop um, destruction and 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 stop you know yeah. destroying property or like anti-violence and just trying to like de-escalate well, the more and more that videos come out, like there was one that was like released this week where the guy walks up to uh, Capitol Police and like, why are you guys letting this happen? And he's wearing a MAGA hat and everything. Like, why are you guys not stopping this? <laughs> and it was like, exactly, and then you see yeah. the videos from inside where the guys that are now 
all like publicly known are like talking to police they're like okay don't mess anything up type thing you know it was really like you start to see those videos and you're like wait a second how does this like there's just something that's not there's a disconnect between what we're seeing what we're hearing, in yeah. independent videos and what you're seeing you know in the mainstream media oh absolutely like i i've watched a couple of videos that like really deconstruct like what happened around ashley babbitt's murder like i mean there there are some rabbit holes you can go down like there's theories that that she wasn't even really murder, that it was such a setup. And they there's people who break down. Like if you want to get into that stuff, you can you can find like people proving how like, oh, they're make their mates, they're signing at each other. It was all very choreographed. It's it's kind of fascinating stuff. And it's like at this point, like I wouldn't put it past our government to to do that to us. No. Well, especially because we're finding out more and more. And it's like these things that used to be conspiracy theories like that. Um are being proven almost true like we're seeing da almost daily like the fbi has been involved in like they i think it's been proved that they were involved in that in that whole capital incident on january 6th yeah, and then they, they infiltrated those groups in the planning yeah. yeah they were also involved in the planning like of uh the uh kidnapping of the michigan governor i mean they're what? involved in all whoa oh you haven't seen that yeah i so didn't even hear of that oh my god that came out, I think, this week. So, well, there was a plot to kidnap the Michigan governor because of her COVID restrictions and stuff like that. And then it came out like this week that they find out that the FBI had agents inside that were involved. Who kidnaps a grown person? That's just so strange. <laughs> well, it was, yeah, it was, again, her, she's absolutely not liked very much up there. She's probably the next well, yeah. governor to be recalled. And mm -hmm. they had... I mean, it's been your guys' governor, Michigan and California have all been like the worst COVID states with oh for sure. Yet yeah. you guys have the worst cases. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I think they like they say that to justify their measures. It's like all the numbers are bullshit. It's like anybody can say anything. Yeah. So you don't have any you've never been contacted or anything because you know I'm so and I'm kind of annoyed because it's like I would give the <laughs> I would give the FBI some comps to come to comedy shows I would be like hit me up guys like I want to see you at a show maybe a retweet or something but oh people have tried I've seen so many people tag me and tag the FBI like oh we're gonna it's like it's laughable at this point and you're yeah. like damn I have a lot of haters or a lot of jealousy a lot yeah and it is probably a good thing you didn't go try to climb that wall because then it would be, I mean, there would be a video of you online trying to climb the oh, wall. Oh, for sure. Would I would have turned around. There. I would have waved. I would have fully uh, gone for that photo op. Like I was. It would have been. Yeah. Oh, Canadian yeah. And Chrissy Mayer is the one climbing the building. I would have been up there posing. <laughs> I would have been like, yeah, it would have been great. I would have been like up there plugging my podcast. Yeah. Well, and see, that's, that's one of the things though, is like, because of the issues on January 6th, like Brandon Strzok has basically gone underground. He can't really say much publicly right now because he's under investigation. So it's fucking it's really wild. I was theory. supposed to interview him the day he got arrested. It was crazy. Ugh. <laughs> I was supposed to do my podcast. Uh, actually, he'd done it once. I was supposed to have him on again. It was wild. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I subscribed to his like a uh, newsletter, his email newsletter. Yeah, me too. But it's, it's really crazy. Like, I'm, I'm glad that he has good like management or good um you know like lawyers around him keeping him safe yep. but it sucks that he's well, had and to that's be. yeah i mean mike harlow was on um about a month ago now like me and mike are friends so we'll walk away get all their stuff brought back up on social media no wow <laughs> no of course not none of nobody who's been banned uh or censored is gonna is gonna get their posts back or their handles back no and walk away has basically been blankly banned from everything every platform that's horrible and you know what because they were threatened by walk away it represented so oh, yeah. many people well that's what and and that's um what i was arguing even on elijah's show was that like there's trump went from 14 to 28 percent in the lgbt vote and yet the the conservatives the current you know religious conservatives are trying to push those voters out of the party again you know it's just, and and so it's like it, it's really interesting after you lose an election you're trying to push people away that's very misguided so stupid
So uh, one last, I guess, topic um, is Chrissy Teigen. Yes, <laughs> my girl Chrissy. You, <laughs> you almost single-handedly kind of took her, like wiped her off social media and you didn't get her canceled, but she canceled herself, right? Well, I can't, I can't take all that credit, Sarah. Oh my God. <laughs> I think I got very... It was a, it was a big, it was coincidence plus luck. Like I, um, I had, I had just been using, uh, this app called social blade. Uh, me and my boyfriend, we like to like, anytime someone gets picked up for SNL or gets a comedy central, right. There's a period of time where the people at these networks take them aside and go, okay, we gotta, we gotta go through your social media. We gotta go through your Twitter and, and like basically clean it up. And it's, it's fun for me to like go through and, and look at like how many tweets somebody deleted before they got their big job or their big special or whatever. And what you also notice on social blade is like, if people buy followers and I would love, you know, there was like this comic who was like shitting on me publicly. Like, Oh, you have like no following. You have like no fans. Cause he had more than me at the time. And I looked him up on social blade and I was like, Oh, you buy 2000 followers like every couple months. And then the bots die off and you buy more. So it was just a, <laughs> it was a, a tool that I would use just to see like, a little bit more analytics onto social media and like what people were really up to. And I think Chrissy, Chrissy Teigen was like always in the news. And I just always was like, she, uh, she's somebody who doesn't come across authentic to me. And I would hear whisperings. People would say like, Oh yeah, she was on Epstein Island. She's in the flight logs, da, 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 her and John legend. So I ran her name through the social blade and one day found that she had deleted 28,000 tweets. And I was like, Whoa, I'm like, she didn't have a comedy central special she wasn't about to go work at it on snl like why would she have this many tweets deleted and so i just pointed that out and it was right when glenn maxwell was arrested and i just the tweet was like a lot of celebrities have been busy since glenn maxwell was arrested like chrissy teigen why did you delete twenty eight thousand tweets never in a fucking hundred years would i expect her to ever respond i'm an unverified nobody she's she's the self-proclaimed mayor of twitter like how would she even have seen my tweet like I I'm told that when you're verified, like you could make it. So you only see the uh, seen other like verified tweets or something. So I was in the middle of like, I, I just finished recording a podcast <laughs> and then like my boyfriend, Frank was like, she responded. I was like, what? She was, and he was like, Chrissy Teigen responded to your tweet. I was like, what the fuck? And then her, her response was like, no, it was actually 60,000 tweets because of like, fucking people like you you think you're um detectives or something and uh it was just strange because i had hashtag like pedogate and q and like a lot of these other trending topics at the time um i just thought it was like a very interesting coincidence i was like somebody doesn't delete this many tweets who has nothing to hide so i just thought i would point that out so when i sent that out and when she responded what I didn't realize was behind me was a huge wave of people who had shared, who had saved her sketchy tweets over the years from like mm -hmm. 2010 till now, just had all these screenshots ready all the time. She was like suspect all that bullying stuff. To, and this was last summer. So it was a year and a half ago, year ago. Um, yeah, I think it was like last summer. So, and, and now it's like, now that she's finally getting in trouble for the bullying stuff. So how long did that take? How many chances have this, has this woman been given? But it was a combination of like, I just happened to run her name through social blade. She just happened to have deleted a ton of tweets like that day or the day before or something. Um, she went ahead and corrected me and made it look even worse by saying <laughs> she'd actually deleted double the amount yeah. that I saw because social blade sometimes does take another 24 hours to like fully I guess when she she may have had a bot or something like where she put in a bunch of keywords and said like just delete because 30,000 I mean 60,000 tweets is is was like a third of her total tweets or something like that like that's a lot third or a fourth yeah. that's like not comics you delete like maybe a hundred or two when you're getting like your feed brushed up this was like significant so there's a combination of all these things, plus everyone who had been watching her, who was behind me, who just decided to be like, no, actually you are fucking sketchy. <laughs> these claims are warranted. Look at all the things you've said over the years, like about watching like little girls yeah. on toddlers and DRs, like a lot, like stuff you don't 
joke and, and and for her to say oh it was a joke it's like you're not a comedian chrissy like no. these aren't even premises this is even you like you know not everything i tweet is a joke but it's it was a stretch to believe that she, she was a you know that these were just supposed to be jokes and i think a lot of people when they're unconscious and they go unchecked for so long it's like they say what's really happening and then they go oh it's a joke like there's always a nugget of truth in there um that's why you never tweet and drink at the same time friends don't let friends tweet and drink (laughs) right so and and yeah this woman had just been giving a pass for years and years and years so it was a combination of of all that things pointing at something true and very noticeable mm-hmm. and very suspect her responding to me. And then everybody who'd been watching her over the years being like, actually, yeah, you are pretty sketchy and the bullying stuff. Um, yeah. And then she very quickly, she has a really good PR team because then she quickly made it about her family, her wanting to protect her family. Um, and we're like, girl, this has nothing to do with your family. Like your family didn't delete all those tweets. Like, your little kids it's like it's totally irrelevant you're just trying to get like sympathy mom points yeah and then very conveniently she had a, a she had a miscarriage and she decided to make very public because that certainly helps your public image and that's what uh, a lot of these folks do is like instead of refuting bad news and denying it you just push it down in the search results by creating yep. new news which is what the miscarriage was a case could be made that that was not real like you could go in and i had a friend who was like oh look her her tears are like totally airbrushed you can tell uh that's a whole nother rabbit hole that you can go down but (laughs) it would make sense like if one could fake a hate crime one could fake a miscarriage how much money would it uh, for celebrities where like money and relationships are are at your fingertips you could you could rent out a uh, a nurse in a room in a in a wing of a hospital and stage a whole photo shoot like of course you could do that and as long so, as you don't get the police involved like jesse smollett yeah nobody's gonna know nobody's really gonna investigate that and it's just nobody's gonna be, gonna be like let's theory. see your chart of course yeah yeah <laughs> and it's all covered under hipaa as well so it's not like you can really verify that yeah but what it did do was like oh make the public sympathetic for her again but what they could not do was when she when when it finally came out again and again like all of these tweets bullying her telling like yeah different people to kill themselves it's like yeah you can't really are you gonna have another miscarriage chrissy is that you know (laughs) so so she finally got uh shit hit the fan there and she got dropped from target and a few other stores so and uh i just you know it's not that i was like i have to cancel her i just was like this is very suspect and like this is more deleted tweets than I've seen anybody do and like Mm -hmm. what is there has to be a reason for that so it just was like a really good time you said it wasn't necessarily you that canceled her it was everybody that had all what those tweets were actually about yeah I didn't didn't realize there was like a team of people (laughs) like kind of waiting I just I really just like lit the match you know yeah it was wild though okay. it was like crazy and of course her fans were after me for a while and but i don't know i feel like something like this happens like every six months at this point so you get you get used but that's to it good for you i mean i guess at this so. point, well no i mean and maybe not for your mental health but um you know no publicity is bad publicity and especially when you're calling out pedos people are always gonna want to come to your defense so any i mean you start getting this stuff you start you know, getting more people that know who you are. And of course, it's like what you said, like, I care very much. And it's like, don't like when it comes to kids, like that's something that kind of is close to my heart. So um, where's I going to go with that? Right. But once you point that out, then people who, who want to discredit you go, oh, she's with Q. She's a QAnon person. I'm like, what does it even mean but it's just something that like has culturally become a thing like if you want to discredit somebody yep. just associate them with q so they've definitely yeah well, that q call them a racist call them transphobic homophobic yeah. i mean i get called a turf so i completely understand how that works it's like oh you're just a turf i'm i'm a transsexual how am i a turf <laughs> you know? none of it makes just, sense yeah no the left doesn't make sense half the time but it happens when anytime you call anybody that's fairly famous out on their bad behavior they mm-hmm. have all these apologists that will just come out and defend and defend and defend even when the facts are right there in their face 
Yeah, it's crazy. And they, they finally took her down. Like she's finally, <laughs> she's finally been kind of knocked down a couple pegs, which is wild. And she's, but she's still, that still doesn't stop the press releases. She'll have a press release about how she misses, like, misses uh, being on top. It's just, it's kind of sad, but like, again, like girl, you're set for life. You have all the money you can ever need. You know, how upset could you be if you're just jetting off to Italy for two weeks? You're like, oh God, I'm just inside my house. It's like, no, you were, you were just on like a crazy, expensive, lavish vacation. I think you're doing fine. You just missed the power that you once had, not the totally. Not what it actually meant. The not that you were actually doing anything that was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she misses being uh, liked by so many people. Yeah. Um, now, you put a tweet out the other day, I think it was, and I, I don't even remember when it was. It was fairly, it was interesting because now you talk about your haters and how now your boobs account has more <laughs> followers than your haters, right? Your, your boobs oh have almost God. as many followers as I have. <laughs> it's really gotten out of hand. And I don't know who this person is. And I just was like thinking about this the other day. I'm like, I was taking my guesses at who I thought it might be. Like, I thought it might be this one friend of mine, but I'm like, I think if I knew, I think that would ruin it. I think it would ruin the, um, I don't know, the mystery of it. Like, yeah, they've probably got like over, they definitely have over a thousand followers at this point. Oh, my reception here. Is so it's terrible. over 2000. Yeah. 2100. <laughs> yeah. And this is, and look, this is, they've made this their background, uh, image photo it was my tweet where I go, my boobs, Twitter account has more followers than most SJW comedians. So proud of those two. At <laughs> that's right that's where i that's where i saw it then yeah <laughs> and it's like this it, it's like i agree with my boobs on most on most things like they're whoever they are they're pretty smart they're like i'm kind of aligned with them like thank god me and my boobs are on the same page pretty much you know when did that account come out and like when did you first find out about that account oh, god. <laughs> um yeah, let's see. Well, I can look on their thing. Uh, joined May of 2020. Okay. So, yeah. And I think at first they would just tweet about like, uh, I don't know that I wouldn't wear enough like low cut tops because it's like, it's tricky. I like, and, and this is obviously a, it's, it's flattering, right? It's like a compliment that people are like, oh, please, why don't you have an OnlyFans? Please, please, please. But it's like, I know if I did that, it, I, I don't know. It would be a number one, it would be another job. Um, like, Anyone who has a decent, if you're going to do OnlyFans, you got to do it decently. You got to buy more clothes. Yep. You have to spend so much more yep. time. Like this interview, like my hair is dirty as fuck right now. Like I am just like <laughs> dry shampooing this into, and I'm trying to not like move around too much. Mm -hmm. so you can't see how greasy it is. It's like, I could be bloated and still, you know what I mean? But when you're doing an OnlyFans, it's like, you got to be juicing. You got to have clothes. Nobody's seen before. You got to have your lingerie on point. The makeup has to be on point it's another job. And I know that that would take away from like kind of my path and my, I think my purpose in life, like, yeah, everyone likes to have sexy pictures of themselves, but like it would, it would take up so much time. And then also it's like for certain people, it would never be enough. It'd be like, Oh, well, where are your nudes? Where's your butthole? Mm -hmm. Um, so then there's like the people that are kind of like never satisfied. And then there's the part that part of me that worries like, eh, like would I lose respect? from certain folks, you know, in, in like, I don't know, who knows, maybe the conservative world, or I guess that matters the least. I think it's more like the time commitment and, and like how much it would sort of take me off of my path. Um, so I, like, I understand that. So this boobs account kind of formed, like, this is in their profile. We demand Chrissy release us from our garment prison. In the meantime, we will keep the Twitterverse abreast of our oppression. <laughs> So they like usually the twos would be like, oh, let us out or something and just like funny quips. But yeah, now I mean, it's like and, they're and a little the, politically I mean, whoever's involved. Running it, whoever's running it, yeah, definitely has some comedic background because they are pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. And I, I, am, I appreciate whoever it is hasn't like let it slip and told me yet because it's like it's not they're not doing a bad job. Like, you know. I could see them wanting to like get the praise and like out themselves. It is I, you know, but what if it's somebody I don't really particularly like, then it's like, uh, then you're like, then I'd be feel, I'd feel creeped out. Well, what if it was like, who is it? Um, Barry that's on the West spot all the time. What if it was Barry Ribs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
it wouldn't be very but, like it's not written in his voice like he's not really great with like grammar on twitter no i don't even know if i follow him on twitter i just know he's he comes on the wet spot and causes a whole bunch of controversy which he, he's funny he so i don't really care. <laughs> not that i'm treating him as a make-a-wish i mean he is old and could die any moment uh that's why i feel like it's pretty important like every time he's on like if he can t- touch a porn star's boobs great i mean like that's certainly going to be a memory and uh he it's funny like i joke with him like he really was for a year was obsessed talking about jenna hayes jenna hayes i finally got uh, her on the show with him like i scheduled that on purpose and it was kind of like there you go oh barry and like mm-hmm. it was a surprise she came in i thought he was gonna he like he did lose his shit but then like literally the <laughs> next day he was like oh i really like this girl i'm like oh you're just on to the next one you know it's like it didn't take me months of planning to make this happen so i kind of gave him some shit for that that's awesome yeah i think because of you i have the year subscription to compound media wow <laughs> Yeah, it was so good to have you on. Uh, thank Thanks you. for having me, Sarah. This was fun. Of course. I, I know. Anytime, anytime you want to come on. Um, so yeah, um, where can people go and find you? Because I know you're, like you said, you're super busy right now. So what do you got going on? Got some shows coming up. I don't know when this is coming out, but um, August 12th, I'll be uh, doing a show in Beach Haven, New Jersey at the spot called Bird and Betty's. And then I'm going to New Orleans to perform at the Comedy House down there. That's um, August 13th and 14th. And then I'll be in Vegas with Comedians of the Compound September 10th and 11th. Uh, Back to Texas, headlining Hyenas in Dallas September 17th and 18th. And uh, I know Comedians of a Compound of the Compound has a stadium show in Lakewood, New Jersey, October 16th. And then I'll be in Santa Monica, California at the Broadway Comedy Club West, October 22nd and 23rd. So I'll be planning kind of like a little LA trip, I guess. I'll see what's left of it. And uh, <laughs> for tickets, go to chrissymayer.com. Uh, follow the Chrissy Mayer podcast on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. I also do some uncensored episodes for Rockfin where we talk about the stuff that gets you kicked off YouTube, which is fun. And then of course, Wet Spot on Compound Media Mondays at 7.30 Eastern. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm going to, I noticed that you didn't have Atlanta on your list yet. I'm going to keep harassing until you do. I have to get get over there. What clubs do you like? what do you, is it laughing skull is that pretty much the only option over there um that's where a lot of the comedians are we st- we the fox is still open i think um okay. the coca-cola roxy at the battery is perfect because it's just right down the street from my house so just okay there. <laughs> all right i'll just i'll try to make that happen <laughs> i know i think i've been i i think the first time you release dates i was like well where's atlanta you're like Oh, <laughs> I need to go over there. I, I have a couple friends in Georgia. I should probably, probably try to make that happen. And now right. you're one. It was good. <laughs> yeah, she got me here too. So when you, when you, when you do come, just let me know and we'll hang out. It'll be good. I definitely will. We'll do get nails um, or something. <laughs> oh, I got, I was so annoyed. I got this gel and it's like, not as sparkly. Like I, she, I think I should, I should have made her do another coat. It's just like, not loud enough. Like sometimes I really like a loud nail polish. Like, but... Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. See, one of the best <laughs> manicures I ever got was in the Bronx and I got this like blinged out Easter manicure. It was like tons of like little encrusted crystals and stuff they were very obnoxious but it was like one of my all-time favorites oh and it smelled so bad like it's one of these places where there's no ventilation so it's like it feels like you're gonna pass out it's just chemical assault yeah good times I go and the person that does mine I mean I have pictures all over I always take pictures when I get my nails done because I go in there with a little bit of what I kind of want and then she just kind of goes and does whatever she wants like she did gucci nails for me one time when i didn't ask for her to like she does some hand paint and stuff my christmas nails were like blue and silver and they were just gorgeous and i'm like fun okay cool (laughs) i just don't really i just and and she doesn't really upcharge me either so that's great too i'm like okay cool oh that's great so she can like have fun and like yeah she's got creative freedom over my nails (laughs) i like it that's good i don't have like one specific lady i just like Maybe that's what I need in my life. I don't know. But you do. I mean, she gave me a Christmas gift last year, which was amazing. I'm like, are you um, like my nail person gave me a Christmas gift? I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's really sweet. Okay. I'm going to work on that. I got to find, I got to settle down with a nail lady. 
<laughs> so yes, when you come here, we will we'll go get nails done at Yay. my spot, and then <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Um, and I'll put your your links in the description. Um, and as well for everybody else, make sure you click and subscribe to this channel as always. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.